0: The less game, casual game. Right
1: Hello and welcome to. Episode five of the Thoughtless Casual Gaming Blood Bowl Breakdown. I am one of your hosts, Brett.
0: I am also one of your hosts, but also not Brett. Excellent.
1: Excellent. We thought uh, we would delve into one of the more unique teams today and talk about Nurgle. I'm not sure that they all are, you know, castrated.
0: Or have their associated reproductive organs removed? Are they a
1: unique team? They're unique in Blood Bowl. Oh,
0: unique. I know, I heard unique, my bad.
1: Ah <laughs> oh. oh dear, you got something on the brain that I don't want to even know about right now.
0: <laughs> Too <Anyway>. many children. <laughs> um.
1: Give us, a, uh, give us a, a summary or a history of the Nurgle team, Jase.
0: Nurgle teams. So, look, the followers of Chaos have been involved in Blood Bowl since the earliest days of the sport. Although most teams start as a conglomerate of the followers of all the Chaos Gods, it didn't take long for teams to be a little more selective in their choice of deity. So, on the field, Nurgle teams are a terrifying prospect to face. What they lack in agility and coordination, they more than make up with make up for with brute strength, a natural resilience to harm, and a whole playbook of stomach-churning tactics devised to bring the other team to its knees. So, Nurgle teams defy conventional definition, being made up of rotters, players who have contracted one or more of Nurgle's many blessings, bloaters, players swollen with disease, pestigors, beastmen, attracted to the smell, and rotspawn. Players so blessed by the plague god that they have devolved into hideously mutated beasts.
1: All of the good stuff. So your Nurgle team, you can have zero to twelve rotter linemen. They cost a huge thirty five thousand gold, movement five, strength three, agility four plus, passing six plus, armor value nine plus, with decay and plague ridden skills. If we call them skills, uh, zero to four pestigors, seventy-five thousand each. Movement six, strength three, agility three plus, passing four plus, armor value nine plus, with horns, plague ridden, and regeneration. Zero to four bloaters, hundred and fifteen thousand each. Movement four, strength four, agility four plus, passing six plus, armor value ten plus. Disturbing presence, foul appearance, plague-ridden regeneration, and zero to one rotspawn. Hundred and forty thousand movement. Four strength. Five agility. Five plus. No passing whatsoever. Armor value ten plus. With disturbing presence, foul appearance, loner four plus. Mighty blow plus one. Plague-ridden. Really stupid. Regeneration tentacles. You can have up to eight rerolls at seventy thousand gold each they are tier two they cannot have an apothecary,
0: which almost feels like it's not a hundred percent in theme almost I feel like i mean I understand that you know it probably is a little bit uh of uh yeah. A dichotomy to have a, a doctor on the team of a a you know <laughs> Nurgle plague type thing, but equally like Fabius
1: Bile. Fabius Bile was slanesh. It was slanesh, but
0: technically yes. All right, but the other ones, you know, the 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 guys.
1: What the yeah. hell There's
0: the Tellyman? Oh, he was more of a thing. <laughs> there was there were some other ones. I feel like there's some doctoring involved, though. There's
1: plague doctors. There's those yeah. guys with the big long noses. Um. Anywho, but uh, avoiding the topic of apothecary for the moment. Mm-hmm. What stands out to you about this team, Jace?
0: Look, the the biggest thing actually, the thing I I noticed before when I was just kind of flicking through stuff, and I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to. Is the complete lack of ability to get edge skills?
1: Yeah, agility is a secondary on everybody. And like,
0: there's a lot of teams that have positionals that don't have access to edge. That makes a hundred percent sense, but there's usually one or two that have it as a primary at least, um, to give you the ball handling up front. Um, so I think, you know, that was probably a a key takeaway that I saw literally just then. I just made the assumption that, you know, Pesticors would have them or something at a minimum, alas, um. Look, the other thing for me with this team is probably the sheer amount of skills slash traits off the bat.
1: They have a heap of things, which is both good and bad. And a lot of these things, uh, in particular foul appearance and uh, disturbing presence, both really amazing skills and can really screw over your opponent. But there's skills that you need to remember. So the onus is on you. So if you're not remembering that your opponent has to roll a two plus every time they want to hit a bloater or your rot spawn, you, that you're hurting yourself by not. Yeah. yeah.
0: It is. It is one of those teams that I feel is probably a little bit more of the brain buster just because there's so many more things to keep track of. Yes. Um and it's not like it's just, you know, even if we said, like, a vamp team as an example, sure, you have to remember to roll bloodlust for each of your vamps each time they do a thing. That's cool. But that's one thing on one model when you do it.
1: And it's in your turn. Yeah. That's the big thing here.
0: The- because these things are effectively debuffs. They happen in your opponent's turn. So when your opponent's rolling dice, often fast, like you're doing, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm going to hit this guy. And like the game flows. You have to be able to think about it and interrupt that flow and not just get caught up in the the momentum as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're potentially remembering it for multiple players at the same time like there's this whole particularly with um, disturbing presence mm-hmm. like there's this particular like where you've actually got to work out who's in what auras of things and stuff. So there's it's actually probably one of the teams that takes a little bit more a little bit more of the gray matter to, yes. to get across.
1: Absolutely. I mean all of these skills are good skills except for decay. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit further on. Uh, they're all really, really good skills, but they're up to you to remember they're there. So first of all, they, as we said, we there's no apothecary on this team, but most of your guys, all of them, apart from the linemen, have regeneration. So you've got a role there and then that can... Depending on the matchup, that can come in handy a lot more than an Apothecary could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Being able to not only save a player from death, which realistically is what we're all hoping Apoth will do in most instances, but put him back on the pitch. Yep. So yeah. it's an in game buff as well as a just a general kind of
1: league piece. Uh, and as we said, this is a very defensive team. So foul appearance, uh, anyone with foul appearance, you've got to roll a 2 plus to be able to hit them. And that 2 plus doesn't sound like much, but it's going to happen. Like there's going to be a couple it's, of it's- times in a game where that foul appearance pays off and every now and then it's going to pay off on a blitz or something mm-hmm. something that you don't want to happen.
0: And just watching your opponent blow and waste a blitz Mm -hmm. because they get there and then they can't throw the block.
1: And then they're standing waiting for a hit back.
0: It's glorious. Yes. Uh,
1: Disturbing presence is a really, really good one on occasion. So if you're up against somebody, for example, uh, like a high passing team, that disturbing presence can really come in handy Uh, just As an example, I played Nurgle in a season, the very first 50-cuff season that we ran. Ended up going undefeated into the grand final. The the final was against Elves, and it was a full-on slog for both teams. Basically, we're looking turn 15, nil all draw so far, There's two elves on the pitch. (laughs) One of them's up his end with the ball. The other one is down near the end zone. I moved three bloaters next to the catcher, giving a negative three to the catch, and he failed that roll by one. So Disturbing Presence, used correctly, and again, you've got to know that it's there, and you've got to know that it stacks. But used correctly, it can save some awesome, awesome plays from your opponent. Uh, the other thing to look at here is what used to be called Nurgle's Rot, but is now called Plague Ridden. Uh, basically, if you kill somebody...
0: Who's and like you straight, want to kill things, yeah, strength more or less, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and I do not they can't be stunty, or the usual sort of prerequisites for this kind of skill. Uh, you get a free Rotter at the end of the game. And you can model that rotter after the person you've just killed. There's nothing to stop you having. Or at least naming them the same. Yeah, naming them the same, rubbing salt into the wound, let's say. Again. That feels know, like a Nurgle thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe also a Slannish thing, but definitely a Nurgle <laughs> thing too.
1: <laughs> Again, this is one of those things that you don't think it comes off that often, but I think in my in my league I was firing play grotters because i was getting i think i get got like four or five of them throughout the course of the season and they were just beefing up the team value too much so that's fantastic the only other skill i really want to call out as a complete pro tentacles on your beast mm-hmm. tentacles is one of those skills that just can completely stop a team in its tracks uh, I'll give two examples for this. One was just a game I played today where I was playing against uh, Lizardman, and I blitzed with the beast. So the last ditch effort, like the, the, the game was one all at this point and blitzed with the beast. One of my beastmen had the ball very close to the end zone but was in total wide open, could have been blitzed by by a skink or two. Blitz with the beast, hit the guy, knocked him down, followed up, and then realized that I'd followed up right next to the two skinks. And it was just (laughs) glorious. There was no way they were getting out of that. The other thing is this grand final that I'll go back to, this is still one of the best matches I've ever played uh, against Chris. Just such an awesome back-and-forth game that could have gone either way. Uh, It went into overtime in the grand final. So we rolled to see who would kick to who again. I won that toss. He set up his kicking team. By this stage, he'd gotten three of his KO guys back, so he had five guys. No, four. He had four guys on the pitch. He lined up three of them on the line of scrimmage, as you're supposed to do, but he lined them up all next to each other. Oh, and you just put the beast
0: there, and then of have them moved.
1: Beast there, all I need to worry about. Was that one lone guy? And as soon as he was down, it was an easy run in for the win and the championship. Uh, yeah, the beast is one of those things that you know. With tentacles, it's. I mean, he's also got Bonehead. Let's not forget that. Or oh, really stupid. Sorry. Uh, it's it's kind of the same thing in the end. But it's a lot of times it is not even worth activating that beast. If he's blocking up a few of your opponent's characters, then sometimes not activating him at all on the off chance that he fails is very stupid, loses his tackle zones, and thus loses tentacles. Whether you hit somebody with the beast or not is a real tactics decision. So tentacles on anyone I love... Yeah, you know, I've been known to throw them onto other pieces, you know, Minotaurs on a Chaos Team, for example.
0: Yeah, but I mean particularly a high-strength
1: piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to stay right here next to me where I can hit you and you're not dodging away from me.
0: And because because it is a, a strength off effectively, mm-hmm. so what? It'd be on a Rotspawn, it'd be a four-plus to keep a strength three piece around... A three plus to keep a strength two piece around. That is, it's a 50 50 chance that one of their scoring pieces can get away from you. I will add that to the playbook every day of the week. Oh, yeah.
1: Forcing somebody else, to, forcing your opponent to make more rolls to get away, even better. So, a couple of cons. First of all, the re rolls uh, on the high end. <laughs> 70,000, pretty much the most expensive you'll get.
0: Particularly when you've got no edge skill access as well. So there's no Correct. dodge, there's no catch, there's no of those kind of things that give you re rolls no, the things
1: you want to do. There's no ball handling or blocking skills whatsoever on this team to start off with. No. So those re rolls, you do need a couple of re rolls on a Nurgle team. And because your dice are going to fail, you're going to fail to pick up the ball. I mean, your goes generally will be a running scoring guys. I mean, they're picking up on a three plus. It fails uh, a lot. It does fail more often than you want it to. Especially when, you know, they've kicked the ball to you, you fail to pick it up. They've started running in and pressuring where the ball is, or even yep. standing right next to it, and making it even worse. So,
0: starts to count. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the other negative here, too, is decay. So, decay on the linemen means that every time that they are injured, they're basically injured twice. So, I mean, they're cheap, they're inexpensive, they're um, cannon fodder, let's say, but yeah, they fall apart quickly when they fall apart. <laughs> I think I, I've got one guy in the game that I was playing the other day who has now got negative one armor value and niggling injury from the same So you hit. apply both? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. I will uh, decide what to do with that guy later. I mean, he's
0: cheap. You fire and replace. Or yeah. you just – I mean, the other thing with –
1: I think I he's like my leader one as well. I think I rolled double and put leader oh, in. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Oh well. Oh well.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there are also ones that you can just throw on the line of scrimmage as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, there's 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 swings and roundabouts.
1: Yeah. Um, tactics for Nurgle.
0: Look, this is. I will say, I think off the bat, this is a relatively tough team to master and to do particularly well with. And they've got all of the tools, but I think it's just a tricky toolbox to to, um, unpick. And that being that you've got relatively low movement on all your hitty pieces, which is fine. It's the same as a black orc or a few of those, uh, you know, those kind of ones um, where it's movement four on the bloaters and the spawn yeah which is pretty standard, but it also means that you can't reposition your hitty pieces really easily. I mean, you can get probably get your rotters there. You can pr- definitely get a peststig or where you needed to go, but they are all strength three, um, so they're not necessarily doing the work. Um, so there's that problem. There's the no ball handling skills off the bat, and pretty hard to get ball handling skills. Like there's no passing, there's no edge unless it's on a secondary. So you're going to have to do some work to move the ball and that's kind of where you need your re-rolls. The flip side though is how much control of the pitch that you get with this team. So you've got high-strength players you've got additional debuffs on the disturbing presence and the foul appearance and, and all that jazz. Um, you've got the tentacles in there. It is legitimately about control and and controlling the pitch and the position and where the ball is and where the players are and and managing that really tightly. And if you can do that, it's still not going to be a high-scoring team. We're not looking for, you know, three touchdowns. We're looking for 1-0 wins, 2-1 wins if, you know, it's a real fast and loose game. Mm-hmm. But it's the game where you literally just want to shut down your opponent's team, sneak in a touchdown, and murder the hell out of
1: things. You want to be punching a lot with this team. I mean, but it's also, the, like you said, Jason, it's all about positioning with this team, making sure that your guys are in the right position to do the maximum carnage that they can do with their debuffs. Uh, you Again, like I said, not always hitting with the spawn is a legitimate tactic with this team. Uh,
0: I would yeah. say that they're almost a pretty conservative play style team in that you, you often don't want to activate everybody. You, often, you don't want to move the ball a lot. You don't want to do a lot with your turns, but you want to just do the the important thing, really, mm-hmm. and then it's just about putting the players where they need to be. So it is one of those ones where you're not trying to run four squares or you know fourteen squares and and dodge three times and and pick up the ball on it with three tackle zones. None of that shit's happening. Don't yep. even try. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it is one of those teams where. Being a little bit conservative and not making the dice rolls where you don't have to actually really pays off. Yeah.
1: There's, there's a couple of ways that you could level these guys up too. So the first thing I'd absolutely recommend, and I have been doing it a lot with my Nurgle teams, is uh, you've got access to mutations on mm-hmm. everyone but the rot spawn on a primary. So Pestigore extra arms, just makes that pick up of the ball so much easier even catching and with that it's um with your pestigore not your pestigore sorry with your bloaters anything to help them punch more so block claw guard mighty blow all of those things the stock standard punchy pieces will turn you into a bit more of a you know you can survive a couple more hits you can you can Punch a few more people rather than relying on your guys to be upright to do what they need to do. Although with disturbing presence, it does still count when you're on the floor. From mm, memory. juicy, um, I better check check up on that. He but says, I'm absolutely positive. But
0: I would say when when choosing skills for those guys, particularly the the bloaters you're living in a world where these guys want to be in a scrum. They want to be clogging up the works of your opponent's team. So guard is never going to be bad. Correct. It is one of those things that you want to get in there. I mean, they've got high toughness, I mean, high strength, they've got high armor. They're probably not going anywhere, anywhere fast. Um, So you can afford to really grind with these guys. So yeah, I mean block is solid. Um, you know, I they're one of those ones on a secondary, I would almost say dodge just so one more thing on the block dice can't hurt them. Mm-hmm. But stand firm. Gold. Yep. Um you know, and then with access mutations, you can have more tentacle pieces in there. You could have more claw in there. You could have, you know, if you really want to play that control game, you can really play it. So mm-hmm. there's, there's so many options. The only problem, the only real challenge there is these guys, like Chaos Warriors, like Saurus, like so many others, are only skilling up from murder mm-hmm. um, or the odd MVP. So they do skill up a little bit slower than your high scoring pieces
1: absolutely you will you will most likely run away on the SPP with with the pestergors that you're scoring with and a lot of times you might only have one pestergor in the team to, to be your scorer uh and he will let not only level up but he'll also be your token target for your opponent but
0: Look, and that's probably the other thing I would say when we're talking about levels is it's probably worth thinking about one or two bloaters as a Pesticore backup. Mm -hmm. They've got access to mutations. You can pick up the extra arm. You can pick up a two-head or something like that if you desperately need it because at some stage, somebody's going to jump on your Pesticore. Yes. And you need somebody to pick up a ball and you need somebody to run it and those rotters will be the fallback option. So... They're not a terrible option for, you know, as, as well as all the standard, the kicks, the, you know, yeah. leaders, the, the, that kind of jazz, um, you know, still as a guard piece, they're they going to just be annoyance pieces. But um, I think realistically I would want at least one as a, a pesticor or backup if I'm only running one. Absolutely.
1: Um, and I'm just looking at this. So, you know, your rotters do have – general and mutation as primary agility and strength as secondary. So that's obviously changed since blood bolt two <laughs> came out, which is why I've got leader on a uh, rotter because you can't do that anymore. But uh, yeah, look a couple of look, if you're playing 11s couple of builds that you can do, you can go for the rotspawn spawn build by all means. So one rotspawn, three bloaters, one pestigore. Six rotters gives you three re-rolls, mm-hmm. and you need those three re-rolls, so, especially to start off with. And when one game into the season, an extra re-roll is the same cost as a rot spawn, you don't want to be spending that money on a re-roll. You want to be using it for other things. No. Uh, the other way you could go, you could, what did we say? We can get rid of the rot spawn. Four bloaters, two pestergours, five rotters. Yep, nine ninety-five. Three rolls. Yep. Yep. Both both decent lineups, but I I still reckon the rotspawn is one of the best big guys in the in the game.
0: I feel like if you're playing Nurgle, you want to play the rotspawn. Like there's there's not many times that you don't want to put that guy with the extra debuffs of disturbing presence at, with the tentacles, with the extra strength. Mighty um, blow. There's just, there's not many times that you don't want him on the pitch. Um, but equally, you don't have a lot of ball handling ability. You want the 3 rerolls um mm. So, I think realistically, the, the the lineup I would go with if I was playing these is the three rerolls with the rotspawn, which just means you have to lose a bloater to start with. Um, that's fine. That's that's kind of your starting point. You pick yeah. one up as soon as you can afford it because you're not spending that money on an apothecary. So yeah, you might as well.
1: Um, <laughs> and with all luck, you're not spending it on brothers because you're getting them from killing people. Mm-hmm.
0: Look, the, the third option, if you want to play real loose with these suckers, is you take it down to two re-rolls.
1: It doesn't yeah. feel like
0: enough. I'm super I, I'm super nervous going into a game with these guys with two re-rolls. I will burn them in the first two turns of the first half uh, without a problem, but it does get you the beast and the four bloaters, so you can max out your strength from the start, you get a Pestigore, so you've still got everything you need to play Blood Bowl, except that 3rd reroll.
1: Yeah, and when is- uh, when that third re-roll does cost you one hundred and forty thousand, and the only way you are getting a leader in Blood Bowl twenty twenty is on a double on the Pestigore.
0: Oh, you are never getting it,
1: which is you know that's taking the place of Dodge, for example. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's it's not the right call. Uh, so yeah, go go the three rerolls. That's the uh, the TCG suggestion.
0: them well, when they're cheap, guys. Yep, that that that's is. It. This is fundamentally a three reroll team when you're mm. when you're building it. So you, before you even buy anything, buy three rerolls and then decide whether you want the rod spawn.
1: Yeah, sounds solid. Um, sevens. You can pretty much play it the way you want to play it. So the Rotspawn, two Bloaters, Pestagore, four Rotters. There's your seven. No, that's eight. Yeah. Uh, 5.85.
0: Which is good. One in the reserve bin is a, is a wonderful piece, especially when the Rotters have got decay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a wonderful piece. Your other option is if you don't want to run the beast, and I don't understand why you don't want to run the beast, guys. Um because what is the beast doing worse than a bloater? Nothing.
1: Absolutely. Spending re-rolls, but that's not happening in sevens anyway.
0: Exactly. So you're not getting re-rolls. That's not a problem. Um, you could go three bloaters, the Pesticore, bang out some rotters. You've saved an extra, what, 15K um, for what, guys? Nothing. Buy the beast. Buy, buy the rod spawn. That that is the seventh side out.
1: Yeah. Look, Rotspawn, it's its job is to tie up people as much as possible. Bash people, sure, but you want it to be tying up people. On a sevens pitch, it's, it's gonna be tying it's smaller, it's gonna be tying up more people. It's easier to get it in the position that you need it to be. So totally Rotspawn is a sevens must include for me. Mm-hmm.
0: I cannot think of a reason not to. I mean, there is the neg trait, which is the one reason you wouldn't
1: mm-hmm. if
0: you don't want to deal with an egg trait, but you also don't have to activate it every turn.
1: No. no. The only time I've ever been pressured to activate a rot spawn is is If I activated it last turn and got the really stupid result and it's sitting there without tackle zones, yep. I want to activate it activated and get those tackle zones back.
0: Absolutely, but that's a no brainer. Um, and like, this isn't the big guy that you're putting break tackle on. No. It's not like,
1: He's it's not, not a leaving people.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> so leave him there. It's happy days. Um, I think, yeah, Seven's, seven's pretty much writes itself, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I don't know why I would do anything else.
1: Look, there's a lot of talk about Nurgle and and what a tough team they are. And and in all honesty, they're a thinking team because Mm -hmm. you need to remember the skills. You need to remember disturbing presence. You need to remember foul appearance. You need to remember what you're doing with positioning. But they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination.
0: They've got all of the tools, but you need like it, it's not a, a straightforward toolbox. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a really it's it, it's one that you kind of have to get your head around, and it's not as forgiving um, as some of those. If you let a ball carrier sneak through because you left some holes in your your defensive line, you're not going to catch him. Um, not with anything that counts anyway, um, and when you do and you have to throw that one dice block or that two dice uphill block, you don't have the rerolls to afford to burn on it, really. Um, so yeah, I feel like it is potentially a little bit more unforgiving if you do make those mistakes. Um, but it's so juicy just to be able to stack on on you know your elf throwing team. Mm -hmm. Just stack disturbing presence auras on and go, oh, you thought you were throwing that. Yeah, you've banked your your play on that. You've got two players left on the pitch and you thought you were moving the ball to somewhere I couldn't get it. Yeah, unfortunately, no. That's that's another fumble, guys, and I am just going to murder.
1: Um, And I know that from solid experience. Absolutely disturbing presence counts when they're prone, when they're stunned. Even if they've lost their tackle zone for whatever reason. That's juicy.
0: I mean, I suppose the presence is no less disturbing. That's right. I like it. Yeah.
1: And it's within three squares too, which is huge. So your disturbing presence guy just needs to be within three squares of the guy that's trying to catch the ball or throw the ball or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, that is a massive space. Um, you only need to to throw out an Urgle team on on the Xbox or on Steam or something where they actually give you the aura mm-hmm. and it kind of glows around them and the squares kind of highlight that you realise how big that space is. Yeah. Um, and like a handoff is still a catch roll. And how many teams try and cage up sort of behind their line of scrimmage? Not today. Mm-hmm. Not today. Um, so look, the other fun bit here is it probably forces your opponent to go wide because you've probably got the center of the pitch locked down pretty hard. Um, so I think that there's probably a piece there for you to think about as a defensive player, about how you're going to manage that knowing that your opponent's going to go wide with the ball. One of those two sides is, is he's probably saving grace. Um,
1: but yeah, look, if you've gotten to a point where you've got four bloaters and a rot spawn, you've got three of them in the middle. That's three disturbing presences there. Mm-hmm. One of them either side. Solid yep. tactic.
0: Yeah. Yep. With, you know, a, an extra rotter there, just backing them up as mm-hmm. a piece. And then your, um, your pestigore kind of sits in the middle and can bounce either way. He's got the movement yep. six, so he can react a little bit. Um, you know, he's there also is- got
1: horns as well. So you can get that f- strength four on a blitz he's if a blitzer. somebody does break through. Yeah.
0: Um, now he's a rock solid piece. And he's actually one of those ones that I kind of want a second one in the lineup. Yeah. He's yes. not, maybe not the primary purchase because you've got one to get you, you, your 1 0 score from the start because mm-hmm. I only need one touchdown to win with these guys. Yeah. Um, but as a second piece, just you know, you can almost have one offensive. You skill him up with all of the the ball handling mutations you can, and then you know, what can you do as a defensive piece? Can I get a strip ball? Yeah, or uh, you know, something like that with a, a horn splitzer as a defensive piece? He's he's a pain in the bum. Yeah,
1: glorious. <sighs> look, Nugal, I love him. They are very pretty. They have bits you in all that. the right places. I will and-
0: say I am not a massive fan of the Games Workshop sculpts necessarily. I, I like the
1: rotters. I like the rotters. I, I don't mind the bloaters. I think the bloaters are kind of cute. The pesticles are just weird. Yeah.
0: Even the bloaters, like, they definitely are bloated. Yep. I will I will give them that. I just actually I want a little bit more funkiness. I do, like there's a lot of smooth skin and a lot of very clean armor that I want to just really dirty up. Um, but look, let's not also pretend that there's other options or not other options as the case may be. No,
1: look, yeah, uh, my, my Nurgle team that I took in season one is uh Gribo. I'm pretty yep. sure they're yeah, they're all Gribo models apart from the Beast, which I got from and I cannot remember them for the life of me but it was another kickstarter and it was just it's just a great unclean one but it's like yep. a mini great unclean one that fits on a appropriate base and to be
0: fair the old 90s great unclean one would yeah. fit that that's a, a pretty pretty solid option um also i'm reasonably sure Grebo have like a kitty or a bunny version of a Nurgle team. It would He's not
1: surprise me in the slightest.
0: FYI. <laughs> um, and, you know, all, all your standard offerings, your Willy Miniatures, your Gazpers, yeah, all of those yeah, have options available. And failing that, like this is one of those teams that you can go hell for leather on converting and hacking and, and you know, just grossing up. So oh, yeah. even if you started with... Like, to be honest if i started with that games workshop team the first thing that is happening is all of the armor is getting taken to with a dremel to just crud it up um and then it's you know how much grossness can you apply to that skin how can you look that because they they look pretty clean they've probably recently had a shower and i'm just not interested in that
1: mm-hmm. um now, this is, the, this is the sort of team that you stick just a little line of typhus corrosion between the butt cheeks. Oh. And
0: yeah, between that and the rust and the, all of the things, but the best bit with it is you can't do anything wrong. No. Like
1: It's Nurgle. It's the easiest thing to paint. You slap some browns and greens and whatever and you're done.
0: You want to funk them up a little bit. You, you glue some little, you know, bits of green stuff too or you know what not to create some boils and pass you just throw some texture on there and it looks right because it's nurgle um it is the most fun to just do your own thing with because there is legitimately no wrong correct you, you, you can't you can't fuck
1: it up it's the best <laughs> well that's pretty much it for me on nurgle
0: yeah, look, they're super fun. They are a control team. They are a defensive and a low-scoring team, but they are a super fun team if you can get them rocking and just the the different skills. Like it's a different toolbox to every other team that you'll get and that's kind of the fun bit with them.
1: Yeah, totally agree. But thanks for listening. Give us a follow on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch. Join our Discord. Join the conversations we're having there. Um, thank you to our patreons who give us, you know, the opportunity to do these sort of things and have a bit of fun. Uh, but that's it from me.
0: That is it from me as well.
1: Laters. so long.